Hello, I'm George Mason, host of Good God, conversations that matter about faith and public life. And today I'll be talking with Stephen Holly, who is the co-founder and CEO of Carry the Load. And we'll be talking about his military service as a Navy SEAL, uh, his background in training and what he learned, and uh, this remarkable uh, new program that started in 2011 called Carry the Load. Welcome to Good God, conversations that matter about faith and public life. I'm George Mason, and my guest today is Stephen Holly. Stephen, we're glad to have you with us. Stephen is the founder, co-founder of Carry the Load. He's doing a lot of other things as well. Um, he's the founding founder and president and owner of Sixsight Company, which is uh, something we can talk more about as well, but it's an outdoor um, clothing, uh, adventure clothing kind of, yes. of, of business. Uh, but uh, today, as we begin, Stephen, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about this extraordinary idea that has become a movement that has changed people's uh, sense of, uh, of how we think about those who serve our country, those who have given their lives as a sacrifice as well, uh, carry the load since 2011. Tell us a little about how it started. So Carry the Load, in a nutshell, was born out of um, really anger, frustration, sadness. Mm -hmm. um, my co-founder and I, um, a gentleman by the name of Clint Bruce, who is here in Dallas, he and I served together. We actually went to college together. We played football together. We ended up at the same SEAL team together. Without going into that history, there's a long history there, but, but Clint had an experience in, in uh, 2010 timeframe where we just lost some friends of ours who we served with. Memorial Day rolled around, he went to a barbecue, mm -hmm. right? Friends getting together to celebrate that holiday. And with the pain of loss fresh on his mind, he's sitting there at a barbecue and friends and family, but not one mention of Memorial Day and the true meaning of that holiday. He went out to White Rock Lake the next day, uh, put on a backpack, a rucksack, and the easiest way for me to explain it is physical pain equals emotional purge. Ah. So Clint starts walking in the midst of a lap around White Rock, passes an older gentleman. The older gentleman says something to him, and by his, by his age, his appearance, the way he carried himself, Clint knew he was either a World War II or a Korean War veteran. As they pass, gentleman says something to Clint, doesn't hear him, pulls out an earphone and says, excuse me, sir. And the man says, son, who are you carrying? And the articulation of who are you carrying, it, it immediately resonated with Clint because that's exactly what he was doing. And we've often talked about, and again, this is 2010, and right. think decades of... Memorial Days between whenever this gentleman served, either World War II or Korean War. How many Memorial Days had that guy been out there carrying right. the memory of uh, the men that he had served with? So immediately we sat down and Clint shared this experience. And so our idea was A, create an event where we could have a meaningful Memorial Day experience. Mm -hmm to raise money for existing nonprofits that were serving either military, veteran, law enforcement, fire and rescue, 
in some capacity across what what we call at carry the load the continuum of care yes. and there's a broad spectrum there right um, and third how do we package an event that we could hopefully give to other cities mm -hmm. um, across this country where they could raise money for those constituents in, in those communities right. so one event in 2011 raised about a hundred thousand dollars Today, 2018, coming up on our events of 2018, we'll be in 60 plus cities right. with events in the month of May, and we've raised north of $17 million over the last seven it's years. It's extraordinary. It's been, it's been a, a tremendous boost to people's um, uh, way of appreciating what should take place Memorial Day, and, uh, and, and a growth in patriotism, I think, as well, and uh, you, that kind of thing. You know, as I, as I reflect back on two guys with zero nonprofit experience that, that surrounded ourselves with some really smart people, but none of us or those very smart people initially that sat down around the table to plan this event. The one thing that we never, two things that we did not anticipate were, if you look at, it's less than 1% today uh, that have served, and when I say today, I'm talking about post 9-11 yes. military. It's well, less than 1% have been in uniform. Right. Um, but there is what I call this, there is a sea of goodwill out there. Yes. But because of that very low percentage, a lot of people don't have that direct connection um, to those that are serving. And so there's a lot of, there are, there were, and there still are a lot of people out there that wanted Memorial Day to be more important than just a three-day weekend and we just we are one of many ways but we tapped into that sea of goodwill the other thing about our events is as opposed to a ruck march or a run all of our events are walking mm -hmm. and the ability for people to come out with their families and walk and have a meaningful dialogue but the interaction the, the magic of our event is the interaction between the one percent and the 99 percent right because whether you're in the 1% or whether you're in the 99%, everyone's carrying something. Ah, and that physical, right. that, that physical, you know, physical walking um, and that interaction. And with other people. With other people. The interaction is, is what's it, key. It's, it is huge. And for those who haven't been, let me just describe a little bit about uh, uh, down in Turtle Creek, Rivershawn Park, and it's uh, something that started in 2011, and it was going to be uh, a 20-hour a, a and 11-minute uh, <laughs> worth of, of walking. Worth of pain. Worth of pain, right? But it's, it's turned into uh, an event that people come with families, and there's, uh, there's, there's lots of uh, opportunity to interact and eat together, and, and then the walking begins. And people come, and they walk for an hour, or they walk for a day, right? And so uh, it, it begins on Sunday afternoon, uh, before Memorial Day and ends uh, the afternoon of Memorial Day, right? It, it will culminate uh, noon-ish of mm -hmm. Memorial Day, and I think you hit a very important part. Mm -hmm. A lot of people look at carry the load and, and think, oh, I have to be out there for 20 hours. Exactly. And the beauty of the 20 hours is there's a lot of people right. that need that 20 hours. Mm -hmm. Again, that physical pain, emotional mm -hmm. purge, they need that period of time. The vast majority of our participation is maybe a mile, maybe an hour, right. a lot of families. Right. And to your point, it's a celebration 
right. of Memorial Day. But there is an opportunity through the trail, through the different stories and the people that we are remembering, for it to be a very somber event as well. Right. So um, we really get the best of both worlds there. <laughs> it, it's sometimes hard on a, on a day like Memorial Day to know how much of, of it is celebration and how much is commemoration, isn't it? Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's sort of two sides to that. I think there's, there's two sides to that, and, and I think they're both, um, they're both necessary. Okay. I, and again, a, for me, there are very somber moments on Memorial Day, but at the same token, um, for me personally, the guys that I serve with, that are very top of mind year round, but especially on that day, um, they're all guys that love to laugh, love to have a good time, and it's a celebration of their life, and it's a celebration of lives very well lived, mm -hmm. and guys who died right where they wanted to be. Right, right. Which is hard, I think, for the 99% who didn't serve to understand. Guys who died, died right where they wanted to be. So uh, there's, there's something about the fact that we don't have a draft now and mm -hmm. people are enlisting. They are moving towards something. They're not, just, they're not being taken to something. They're actually moving towards something with some intention and deliberate um, uh, focus about yes. their lives. And, and so to train and to, to do something uh, purposeful like that is where a lot of the meaning comes, isn't it, for uh, those who serve? It is very hard for me to articulate what that, uh, again, speaking for me personally, having been a SEAL, what that training pipeline in that group of guys that we went through, and then ultimately you end up at a SEAL team mm -hmm. with another group of guys that you typically, you know, the workup would be about 18 months and you deploy mm -hmm. for six. Well, after 9-11, and two wars going on, um, a lot of that training got condensed. And so you would train, you would deploy, you would train, you would deploy. Yeah. And um, the, the bond that existed is unlike anything I've ever experienced, nor will I ever, ever experience again. But as you and I have discussed prior to this, the closest analogy I can give is to that locker room. Right, which we both experienced in our lives and is a, a kind of um, interesting dynamic. So, Stephen, you played football uh, at Lake Highlands High School here and then at the Naval Academy, uh, also a quarterback as I was at the University of Miami. So we, we had some locker room experience, but we also learned, I think, that uh, there is uh, something uh, about the camaraderie, the team, uh, that transcends our individual personalities, our histories from where we came, our families. All of that comes into play, but uh, contributes, but uh, wealth, uh, race, education, all of these things uh, ultimately dissipate and character and commitment and training and focus and caring for one another. These become the real marks of, of what matters, don't they? Yes, and uh, the, the, the SEAL community is a little bit of an anomaly, especially within the Navy. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you look at the special operations community, 
Really, the, the line between officer and enlisted is very uh -huh. blurred, especially yeah. at BUDS, which is the, the, the pipeline for, for to go into the SEAL teams. Um, it's the only training in the Navy and maybe the military, the Navy especially, where officer and enlisted go through side by side. Yes, right. Um, so once you get to a SEAL team, there is a, there is a, um, there is a you know subordinate relationship. But as a as a new guy coming into a platoon, as an officer, right. there's a there's a rank that's held there. Right. Um, but to further your point, I'm coming into a platoon with zero experience with guys that have some of them have been doing it for 20 plus years. Right and are on their 10th deployment. Mm -hmm. And so rank, yes, holds weight, but at the end of the day, mm -hmm. you don't earn respect unless you prove, prove that you are capable. Mm -hmm. And secondly, and I think just as importantly, you prove that um, like anything else in the military, it's really about self-sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Your ability to put the needs of the guy next to you and your unit in front of your own. And I think that has a direct correlation with the locker room and really special teams. Mm -hmm. um, special teams. There we go. No pun intended. Yeah. Special teams where a, there is truly a culture of team or the group above self. And that was a lesson that I learned in BUDS. I won't go into that story, but when you get a group of guys that care more about the guy next to you mm -hmm. and everyone ha has that feeling, I think that's when really special things happen. So we'll, we're going to take a break for just a moment to um, promote Carry the Load, as a matter of fact, uh, and uh, uh, tell people a little more about that and the mission uh, of, of that nonprofit. But when we come back, I want to talk a little more about this idea of self-sacrifice for the sake of others, because uh, this, this is a spiritual key, of course, as well. Uh, but it's something that, whether on a team, uh, athletically or in service, uh, is crucial to success. So let's take a break. Good God salutes Carry the Load, dedicated to providing active, meaningful ways to honor and celebrate the sacrifices made by our nation's heroes, military, law enforcement, firefighters, rescue personnel, and their families 365 days a year. Stephen, we were just talking a little bit about this idea of how uh, in a team, whether a SEAL team or a football team, uh, we we bond with those we're with and the significance of um, different experiences pales to the unity, the, the camaraderie. Which leads me to a question that I think a lot of people like me who are in the 99% who didn't serve in military service, uh, we hear sometimes uh, people who did serve who say, you know, the reason we fight is not so much for the enemy or to a certain extent even for the country it's for the guys next to us what is what does that mean i mean that help us understand how that works i think i think that's a common misconception um in in a combat situation you will see um individuals do things that outside of that situation is very hard to comprehend. Mm -hmm. uh, very, uh, a lot of times very heroic acts. But to your point, um, 
they think, all right, we're, we're fighting this enemy and or love of country, patriotism. And sure, those are components of that act. But I would tell you 99.999% is the willingness and the love for the guy next to you. And that comes through all the training that we've touched upon mm -hmm. and that special bond that happens. And it's, it's really, it has nothing, to, in my opinion, it's got nothing to do with country or the enemy. It's about doing whatever you have to do for the guy next to you. And yeah. that doesn't happen overnight. And that's, right. you can look to the way we train our military in the various forms and fashions, but that's what it's trying to foster. You know, so I, I, as I listen to that spiritually, it, what connects to me is that it's very difficult to live out uh, your life on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis uh, about grand ideals and uh, big concepts. Right. Um, Jesus actually said uh, that greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for a friend. And so there's that, that sense of even spiritually, what we're talking about is this is the nature of life and the meaning of it. You're, um, was it Peter or Paul, uh, whatever the verses that said, you know, I die daily, right? Yes, right, right. Peter? Well, actually Jesus called uh, on us to do that and then you know, the apostles picked up on it. I, so uh, right. that boiling way down, right. I die daily, right. um, meaning that you're gonna put those around you's uh, well-being or wants, needs, desires in front of your own. Right. And so um, it's interesting for me having served and then having grown up in the church and having, um, having <laughs> thinking a lot about my spirituality and my faith as I'm trying to raise a, you know, raise a family of five and um, there's no one that is better suited than someone out of the military that can have a direct correlation or translation to how Jesus called us to live. Okay. Is it? And, 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 and yet, part of the struggle for many Christians, including those who serve, I'm sure, is somehow putting together, how am I, how am I serving uh, out my faith, which is a commitment to... Um, sacrifice in the name of peace, right? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, uh, using violence often to do so. And that's a, that's a struggle that I think a lot of people, especially maybe the 99, maybe, I don't know, you tell me, is it a struggle that, that, that those of you who serve have? Uh, no. For me personally, having grown up in the church, um, having given my life to the Lord in fourth grade. Uh -huh. And again, I, I would tell you that my, my Christian, my faith, my spirituality, you know, I think like a lot of people, it, it has ebbed and flowed through the mm -hmm. years. Uh, but I spent, uh, you know, I spent time, especially overseas, um, in prayer. But it's not, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't prayer of, you know, forgive me about what we're about to do or, mm -hmm. or any second guessing. It was more about, you know, physical protection, protection of my teammates. And mm -hmm. for me, there was never any wrestling spiritually with what we were being called to do okay. in, in service to our country. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't struggle with that.
But I'm sure part of the struggle is maybe not with the mission, but the fact that the, the people you're serving with sometimes lose their lives. Yes. And so you're, the, the, the grief and loss of, uh, of, of these friends and colleagues, these, these brothers in arms who lose their lives, I, I'm sure you live with that still. How, how do you manage that, that kind of intense loss because in a normal uh, setting of life, most people your age haven't lost that many people close to them that way? Um, <laughs> without getting into politics, I think at a foundation, you, you hope and you pray that the folks, the, the politicians that are, can mobilize and deploy a military force have the best intentions at heart and the country's best intentions at heart and you cling to the fact that those men and women, but in my case, the, the men that I serve with that are no longer with us, that they, not only that they died uh, serving a greater good, mm -hmm. serving our country, but as I, as I said earlier, they died right, again, I won't say it to a man, but speaking for me personally, and the ones that I knew very well, they all died right where they wanted to be, amongst right. brothers right. doing their dream job. Mm -hmm. um, a job that is extreme, it's impossible to, re it, from my opinion, impossible to rec replicate the fulfillment and the job satisfaction. Okay anywhere else. Right, and that, that is actually something that's difficult then for veterans when they come back. We, you and I have talked about this, that you, you're in such a, a high intensity, uh, testosterone filled kind of environment that is uh, fulfilling uh, your training and uh, has a, cl a clear sense of purpose and then you come back and assimilate into society and there's nothing that really touches on that quite the, as well. There, you touched on it. There's, there's aspects of the adrenaline and the rush yeah. and yeah. the things that you are, you, you are get to do and you're able to do. But I would tell you from personal experience and from talking to hundreds and hundreds of veterans that have mm -hmm. transitioned out with similar experience post 9-11, those are components of it, but the biggest factor in that transition where most people struggle is your identity and your um, your sense of self your sense of self is really wrapped up in this group that you're in right. and when you're taken out of that group right and um, you know again tying it back to spirit, uh, spirituality right uh, well, Ecclesiastes to nine through eleven ish, right? Um, Love it when people quote scripture on my show. Well, this is, this is great. I'm, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, but two is better than one. If one fall down, you know, there's That's someone right. there to, exactly. to to pick him up. That's um, right. Again, sorry for that. Well, no, you did it. That's it for butchering that. But that That's losing it. that group, right? And for me, coming out of the the SEAL teams and going into the corporate world phenomenal group of people in commercial real estate but when you boil it all down the guy in the cube next to me is not going to take a bullet for me ah there it is and the guy in the cube next to me i can't go to him and say you know what i need you to do this and literally this could be anything right anything mm -hmm. and i won't go into detail there but 
Right. That's hard to replicate. And so uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's something that you're beginning now actually to address through the Six Site Foundation that's, that's kicking off, isn't it? Because uh, you're, you're, you're going to talk about the transition for veterans into, into uh, civilian life. Yes, there's, there's a few different things that we're initially, as we stand up this foundation, and this foundation is being run by a good friend of mine who served 24 plus years in the, in, uh, in the SEAL teams. And um, our initial efforts are identifying uh, veterans, special operations veterans, that are getting out that want to further their education, whether that's uh, undergrad, graduate, postgraduate, you name it. Right. Wherever there are gaps in funding for them mm -hmm. to go better themselves, um, to go further their education, and um, along with that, there's mentorship, and there's getting those guys into, um, any, getting them into groups with other guys in similar Mm -hmm. situations mm -hmm. similar um, similar locations within that path okay and I think that's very important after sitting down with again dozens and dozens of guys over the years going to lunch business lunch mm -hmm. we'd all sit down again could have been Army could have been Marine Corps could have been Navy but all similar experiences we would sit down and we had both achieved a level of success, right? We've right. been in our jobs for a certain period of time. We were making a certain amount of money. By society's measures, things were very good. But to a man, we would sit down and look at each other and go, this can't be it. Right. This, right. this can't be all right. that there is. Right. And so making sure guys have the education they need and then also um, helping them identify ways that they can continue to serve. Because I think that's the biggest thing Excellent. that guys and gals don't know that they need after, after that experience in the military and you come out into the corporate world, 99% of guys and gals, they, they still need to serve in some capacity. Well, and not just, not just them, but all of us, right? So when we're talking about the keys to life, uh, service is, uh, again, Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And, and I think, uh, you know, sometimes people think that the words of the Bible or um, the Christian faith or anyone's faith is specifically just around living a religious life uh, that applies to you if you hold that faith. But really, it's supposed to drill down into a kind of universal experience, isn't it? If it's true, it's true for everyone. And this idea of service, whether it's in the military or it's in business or it's in your family or wherever, the issue is not me. It's not about me. Which, which is completely counter to our culture and our society, right. yeah. sadly, here today. Right. I, if, if I were king for a day and had a magic wand, I would want, I would require everyone, when you turn 18, or at some point in your formative years between 18 and 24, mm -hmm. whether it's the military, whether it's the Peace Corps, right. whether it's a nonprofit, you've yep. got to go serve. National service. You have to go serve, and ideally you're going to go serve in a third world country right. where you can look at what, what is extremely frustrating for me, without getting on a soapbox, is <laughs> to 
to see some things in our society and to hear complaints and to know that we as Americans and even those of us in this country at the lowest levels of poverty oh. still live vastly better than probably 70% of the world. Wow. I don't know the exact percentage, but... It's you, an enormous percentage. Go, to, go to a third yeah. world country and, right. and look at what they deal with and then come back here and, and tell us how good we've got it. And, you know, that's an interesting thing that we try to do through our churches and religious communities is, you know, we, we talk about mission trips. And what's interesting about that is, I think years ago, most of us who did that sort of work, when we go to other countries, we went thinking we were going to help them. <laughs> and over the years, what's happened is, we go and we come back, and you know who's changed? Is us. Bingo. Our perspective, our sense of values, who we are, uh, what's important, those sorts of things. So uh, to, to wrap up in this episode, Stephen, I just want to say thank you for being here. Uh, this, this idea of service and this idea of, 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 of caring especially for those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, thank you for Carry the Load. Thank you for the continuing work you're doing. And I hope that uh, people will uh, participate this year and Carry the Load, uh, Memorial Day weekend. And uh, that it, it, it's significant, not just for them, but it means the world to people, especially who've lost loved ones who've served, right? Well, so. it's, uh, it's a labor of love. It's, uh, it, I, I am the, the, the CEO of that organization. I sit on the executive board, but it's a volunteer position. Right. It always will be for me. 93% um, of the money goes to programming not to administrative costs and all of that. We right? have a very small, capable, mm -hmm. agile staff, and right. it's my way to continue to serve. And right. without it, I would have to find something else. But thankfully, Carry the Load is one amidst many ways that we can continue to serve our military, veteran, law enforcement, fire and rescue communities. Terrific. Well, thank you for being with us today, Stephen. Thank you. God bless you. Good God is created by Dr. George Mason, produced and directed by Jim White. Our guest coordinator and communications director is Jay Pritchard. Here's grateful appreciation to Evolve Technology for location production facilities. Evolve Technology for home audio, video, and lighting design. Enjoy more, think less with Evolve. See their great work at EvolveDallas.com. Thanks to Wendy Crispin Caterer for guest parking accommodations. Good God, Conversations with George Mason is the podcast devoted to bringing you ideas about God and faith and the common good. All material copyright 2018 by Faith Commons. Good God salutes Carry the Load, dedicated to providing active, meaningful ways to honor and celebrate the sacrifices made by our nation's heroes, military, law enforcement, firefighters, rescue personnel, and their families 365 days a year.